politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots, forgotten and scorned taxpayers and all around good natured Americans to the one and only Conservative Review podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house for Thursday, October 22nd here at Blaze TV for another terrific day of broadcast of truth-telling and independent independent conservative talk. And folks, especially for today's show, when we're going to talk about how you cannot believe anything and you must question everything. You're being lied to about everything. Sports, weather, I mean, even the articles, conjunctions, and prepositions in an article, art, article news story, are all lies. It is shocking to what degree we are being lied to. And you're going to see just that today. But because of that, we need to keep the lights on here. We need to make sure that we have a beacon of truth that is going to debunk the lies, but also ensure that the stories that are obfuscated, that are censored, get out to you. And that's what we do here at Blaze Media. So in honor of this season, this election season, We are offering the best deal ever, $30 annual subscription. Annual, not monthly, annual to the entire Blaze TV. Every single program available. This one obviously is free, but all the TV is going to be just $30 for subscription. That is literally what, like $5.75 a month. Um, In order to do that, you go to blazetv.com forward slash CR as in conservative review, put in promo code Daniel, $30. Again, you get Steve's show, you get all the other shows you love, um, just a full array of truth. Look, $5.75 a month is much better than turning on faux news, a.k.a. Fox News. But anyway, what are the sorts of things that we spend all day digging up? Well, here's one of them. I worked with Andy, Dr. Andy Bostom to get this. Remember we talked about that randomized controlled trial of mask wearing done by Danish researchers. It was going to be the first of its kind. Now, we've had many studies for the flu that showed mask wearing don't work for the flu. And there's really no reason this should be any different. If anything, this spreads more easily than the flu. So if masks don't serve as a barrier to the flu, it certainly wouldn't serve as a barrier to this. We all knew that. But God, we need, we need the gold standard. We got to spend the money and put it in writing. So the Danish were willing to do it. And, it, and they said it was going to, you know, they, they conducted this in April. And they said it was going to come out in August. And we waited and waited and waited. And three months later, we don't have it. And we we're all wondering, where is it? Well, there is a Danish newspaper that interviewed one of the researchers. And it looks like we have our answer. Okay? This is called the Berlinski, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. It's not the the top newspaper, like the most widely circulated. It's one of them, maybe number two or three. But it is the oldest. It's actually one of the oldest newspapers in the world, evidently. It's been around since the 1700s, 1600s. And they reveal some interesting nuggets. They interviewed one of the professors involved. 
and they revealed. Let me just read to you a English translation via Google Translate. Thank you to Dr. Bostom for doing this. Let me just see if my eyes could read this. The researchers behind a large and unique Danish study on the effect of wearing a mask even have great difficulty in getting their research results published. One of the participating professors in the study admits that the still secret research results can be perceived as, quote, controversial. For weeks, the media and researchers around the world have been waiting with increasing impatience for the publication of a large Danish study on the effect or lack thereof of wearing a bandage. I mean, again, this is Google Translate, so I don't know what that word means, but basically a mask in public space here during the corona pandemic. Now, one of the researchers who has been involved in the study can state that the finished research result has been rejected by at least three of the world's absolutely leading medical journals. They include The Lancet, the New England Journal of Medicine, and the American Medical Association's journal JAMA. They all said no, says the professor. This is Christian Torp Peterson. He's a chief physician at the research department at New Zealand Hospital. Nor, I'm sorry, North, North Zealand Hospital, not New Zealand. Now, he made it clear he doesn't want to disclose the results, which, which makes sense because they don't want to make it political. Look, they did a study, 6,000 people. He called it an outstanding study. Okay, this is the gold standard. If you want to do a study, now look, I would argue we have the best study Everywhere they tried it, it didn't work and it spread like crazy. So we didn't even need this. But we're trying to work in the scientific method. 6,000 people, half of them wore masks. Half of them served as the controlled group. It was funded by the Saling Foundation. Um, They have a lot of supermarket workers. So a lot of their Saling Group supermarkets, their workers were the participants as employees. The study and its size are unique in the world and purpose was once and for all to try to clarify the extent to which the use of masks in public space provides protection against corona infection. The study and size are unique in the world and the purpose was right. I mean, this is it. Nobody has done this. This is the most vexing question of our time. You would think they'd get this out in a jiff, right? But nope. They don't want it published. Now again, they're trying to be careful by they don't want to play this game of leaking the results. They're like, look, they clearly don't want to publish it. We're trying to get it published. Now, but but you could read between the lines. So The author of this article looks like he reached out to Thomas Lars Benfield, the other guy, or one of the guys involved, who had the correspondence with Alex Berenson. If you remember, Alex posted on Twitter this week a screenshot of his email exchange with them. He said, like, hey, what's up with the study? When is it going to be published? And Benfield answered, when a journal, I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but basically when a journal is, quote, brave enough to publish it. So Benfield is probably going to get is very scared of that exchange. So he's like, well, it might have been taking a taking quote a bit out of context, but then he never explained how it was taken out of context, and he just reiterated that 
I, I think he, I, th- I think don't, not that it's taken out of context because he screenshotted it, but I think just he's saying that it is currently being reviewed by a, 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 a quote respected journal. Presumably meaning a fourth, meaning it's been rejected by three and it's currently being, you know, so it, it, Berenson didn't mislead or take anything out of context. I think he's just saying like, no, it doesn't mean it's totally, you know, killed. It could still be taken by another one, but the point is true because those words were written by Benfield himself, brave enough. But then listen to the author of this article writes, however, Thomas Lars Benfield's co-research at the studio, Christian Torp Pedersen, who is the guy that they were originally interviewing here, says that, quote, he might also have dared to go as far as Benfield in an answer to the question from his side. So he asked the researcher, Pedersen, he said, does this mean that your research results may be perceived as controversial in the eyes of some? Quote, that's how I want to interpret it too. Then he followed up and said, can one interpret a controversial research result in the sense that no significant effect of mask use is demonstrated in your study? So here's what the guy answered. Christian Torp Pedersen, I think that's a very relevant question you are asking. So clearly the researchers are kind of playing this game where they want to put pressure on these publications and somewhat play ball with the media to try to like say, hey, like these guys are rejecting it and really imply that they don't like the results, but they don't want to give away the farm. And I understand why they're doing and what what they're trying to do. But folks, it doesn't take a genius to realize that the realm of outcomes, if there were was any way that this could be interpreted as helping the side of the masked Nazis, they would publish it. They would have published it in a day. Clearly, this is a very thorough and devastating survey that shows that we are dehumanizing people with a draconian mandate for nothing. And that is the better realm of outcomes. I wonder if like we've seen in past studies, if the control group that did not wear a mask downright did better because of the likelihood that Fauci and and and, and all these clowns have said before that this will spread it more. And, and can you imagine the nerve of Adams Say, you know, the Surgeon General, that piece of garbage, dumb as mud, who himself is being indicted in Hawaii for violating coronavirus rules. What a hypocrite. He was saying, like, stop with these lies about masks not working. They work with no reference to his past statements. And mind you, his past statements weren't like, well, you know, maybe I don't think at this point you have to wear a mask. It was like he unsolicited went on Twitter late February or maybe it was March and said, folks, stop buying these masks. It's ridiculous. They don't work. So that's not something you could walk back without at least explaining yourself. But to ridicule people for having his position without ever explaining how his concerns changed is just contemptible. Utterly, utterly contemptible. Sick. But that's the thing. This was in an interview with Fox and Friends on March 31st, Surgeon General Jerome Adams. He said 
He talked about a study of medical students who wore, wore masks and that they were touching their face 23 times more often. And he said that one has to assume based on that study that, quote, wearing a mask improperly can actually increase your risk of getting disease. How does that change? That is a very specific and enduring principle that people who aren't trained properly touch their masks more often and will risk spreading it more. What do we see? Civilians touching it all the time, wearing it absolutely improperly, cloth masks reused, taken out of their pocket, taken out of their cars. And you actually see infection increasing everywhere it's tried. So how in the world could you then look us in the eye? See, this is what they do. This is what people get nervous. Well, I don't know. The guy said it. He's, he's an expert. I get scared. I know some of you get scared. You want data. You want, you want talking points to push back. I'm warning you. Every word is a lie because this guy himself, we caught him already. But now you know. Think about this. This is the most vexing question about the most explosive scientific medical issue of our time by a magnitude of a thousand. And they are blocking the publication of the only study that's ever been done to answer that question. The biggest question that emerges from here is what else are they blocking? What other research that has shown lockdowns to make things worse? What other research that talks about the excess deaths and the effects, mental and physical health of the lockdowns and the panic are they obfuscating? So not just the lies of what they put out and probably cook up, but what they block and they censor. This is unbelievable. You know, there's one thing if you have a study that wasn't hyped, that no one knew about, so they just kind of quietly table it. But folks, this this was hyped for months. So they knew people would be asking about it. They knew they would get caught, but still it was better to get caught than to risk publishing this. It must have been really bad. Well, I'll tell you folks, masks might not work, but I'll tell you what does work. The product of today's sponsor, Bull and Branch. I want to introduce you to our very special supporter of this show. You know, if a man's house is his castle, a man's bed is his, is his throne. Let's face it, you spend a third to a quarter of your life there. To me, I know my day, you know, how well I think, how well I write, how well I formulate arguments and ideas. It's directly related to whether I got a good night's sleep. Every day, I count down the minutes till, oh, you just get into those covers and that's your, your throne. My bowling, my bowling branch sheets, I bet you they're better than what you have. Three former U.S. presidents have slept on these sheets. They are luxurious bedding for a reasonable price. They are the softest, most comf- comfortable, pure organic cotton sheets on earth. Bolin branch cotton is rain-fed, pesticide-free, and carries the highest organic certification. That's why it's so soft. Now, because they work as a family-owned Operation, they work with family-owned mills all over the world. 
to expertly weave every set of bull and branch sheets with the highest level of craftsmanship. It's quality you can feel the moment you open that box. It's a mom and pop uh, outlet that was started basically, you know, this couple was going shopping, Scott and Missy, a couple years ago, and they're like, we don't like any of the bedding we, we see. So they decided to start their own company. I love these sheets. I also have a great pillow from them too. It's the most comfortable pillow I've ever had. Uh, they have several other bedding items. You should check them all out. But because they sell directly to you, Bolin Branch stands 100% behind it. And they allow you to sleep on them for a month risk-free. Now, they normally start at $160, which is amazing for something that's really worth $1,000 quality. But for our listeners, they're going to do one better. Right now, if you go to Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L and Branch.com, and you put in promo code CONSERVATIVE, you could get $50 off. Again, B-O-L-L and B-R-A-N-C-H.com, promo code CONSERVATIVE for $50 off, bullandbranch.com, promo code CONSERVATIVE. Make sure you never toss and turn in your bed ever again. Now, folks, I wish these a-holes would stand behind their stupid product or religious symbol of a mask. You know, the funny thing is, if you remember, Fauci said in July, a Georgetown student asked him, hey, you know, are you going to do a randomized controlled trial on mask wearing? And he said, no. How could you not do that? I'll tell you how. Because you know it's a damn lie. That's how. We are being lied to about everything. And folks, I wanted to add also, it's not just the information they put out, but the policies. We see injustices going on in our country, and we think, well, there's got to be some truth. It can't be, I mean, they can't be doing that. I always say that the left benefits from their brazenness because what they do is so sickening and unbelievable that it's kind of unbelievable people don't believe that's what's happening so we now have everyday americans being criminalized and criminals being let go but people wouldn't realize it i want to share with you a story today to change gears a little bit but it's the same idea of how every institution is corrupt the truck driver who drove through the george floyd protesters on interstate 35 West Bridge, he's charged criminally. If you remember, there was we had all these motorist lynchings. This was the first one. A guy who was clearly shown to have, it's not like he ran through barriers. The police didn't put up barriers because these guys just took to I-35, the main interstate out of Minneapolis. And they just blocked the highway. This guy, can you imagine you're a truck driver? The horror of that, he sees a crowd. You clearly see he slowed down. He tried not to hit them, despite the menacing. The one guy took out a gun and shot two, fired twice into the tires. It's shocking he didn't run away. It took so much restraint. And he was dragged out and beaten. And and, and first they like arrested him, then they let him go. Because it became clear through the interview, like 
he he totally didn't mean anything. And, and, and in fact, this guy put out on Twitter that he was a gas station owner that just got a delivery of fuel right before that incident from him. And this guy, owner of that store was black. He's like, what do you mean? Because they're saying, oh, this guy's like a white supremacist. He wanted to kill BLM protesters. Like, no. So I, ex- I read this article from the Star Tribune. I expected to see like they found new evidence that he like plotted to run them over. No, nothing changed. The trucker was attacked after driving to a massive protest on the Interstate Bridge. He was he he is now charged with two criminal counts. Hennepin County Attorney Mike Freeman's office charged 35-year-old Bogdan Bacherko of Ostego with threats of violence, a felony, and criminal vehicular operation and gross misdemeanor, saying the driver admitted to investigators that he was kind of in a hurry, and the investigation showed he sought to scare the protesters out of his path. Of course he wanted to scare them out of his path. But the question is, how did he get on I-35 to begin with? Did he know it was closed off? It wasn't really closed. It wasn't closed off. And he was like, oh, there's some protesters. Let me go out of my way to go kill them. Or no, he was driving on I-35. And then, yeah, he was confronted with them. Didn't know what to do. He figured it would scare them away. And even then, it's not like he drove through them. He said he was returning from a fuel delivery in South Minneapolis and didn't mean to drive into the protest or aim to hurt anyone. And, um... They, they claim that, that, that investigators felt that he had sufficient time to stop, but he didn't stop until someone stumbled in his path. But so so now now if someone if you have a crowd that is blocking an interstate highway, you have to be able to stop in time not to hit anyone, and you're not allowed to try to get around them, even though you know they're going to pull you out. You have to suffer a beating. There is now an inalienable right if your color of your damn skin is black, or you or or you support blacks and black criminals. You have the right to mob someone and beat them, but you don't have the right to defend yourself or try to circumvent the situation. Again, they're not alleging that he that he, you know, pre it was a premeditated thing that he tried to drive through them. They knew he was stuck in a horrible situation. Their point was he should have stopped even earlier. And then what? Suffer the beating? It's disgusting. Utterly disgusting. But then again, this is what we're seeing everywhere in the country. See, normally people see this stuff, you think, come on, he had to have done something wrong. They're not going to criminally charge an innocent man. Yes, they will. Just like they won't charge a violent rioter, even though he did do something horrific. We live in an agenda-driven time. Science is politicized. Law, criminal law, is politicized. If you have the right outcome in research, we'll publish it even if it's wrong. If you have the wrong outcome, even, even though it's a gold standard study, we'll block it. If you're an innocent victim, we'll charge you. If you're a criminal, we'll destroy you. I'm sorry, we'll, um, we'll, we'll let you go. This is the era we live in. And look, this is what's happening in New York now. Like I say in my article today, 
The reason we started America was what? What's in the preamble of the Constitution? To secure the blessings of liberty on the one hand, but also to ensure justice and domestic tranquility. In other words, a government has to be hands off you to ensure you have your liberty, but they have to protect against bad guys and do justice to ensure domestic tranquility. That's why we fought the revolution, to have a place left on earth for civil and religious liberty. But at the same time, we, we did form a government to protect against bad guys, foreign and domestic. We now have governments that are allowing the most violent criminals to harass people. And rather than sending out the police and other state law enforcement inspectors and patrol to patrol the subways with the growing violence in the New York City subways, they're fanning out to Orthodox Jewish neighborhoods like Nazi Germany in New York to shut down businesses and schools and and synagogues and institutions. There's actually pictures out of them having hit lists and just whether they're Department of Health, Department of Housing, people targeting Jews. They're using all those resources while the streets and the subways are on fire. Truly sick times we live in. And again, like, you know, you wouldn't believe it. There's got to be something there. No. He literally is accusing Jews of spreading the virus in New York. And like, it's just stupid because there's one thing if it's like a time of no spread and like just those zip codes are spreading. So like, well, it's your fault. It's spreading in every damn country. It's spreading in the Czech Republic and Netherlands and France and England and and 42 out of 50 states. Again, it's not, you know, it's not much of a problem. It's very mild. And by the way, there's more evidence that this is this year's flu. So remember, they're making like, oh my gosh, it's spreading. Every year in late October, early November, when the flu starts, we say, oh my gosh, the flu is spreading. No. And we do have hospitalizations. Just like now, we're going to have hospitalizations too. But nowhere near the level that the peak areas had in March and nowhere near the level that we can't handle. And if you don't have the flu hospitalizations and only have this, because it's very mild for most people, in most areas, you're actually, I bet, you're going to have fewer hospitalizations than a typical normal year. Because if you have zero flu and only corona, but a case-demic corona, in most areas for most people, then there's not much going on. Think about this. I can't believe the Daily Beast ran this. I don't know what they were trying to prove, but they prove our point. They ran an article, Italy did everything right to stop a second wave of coronavirus. So what what went wrong? What's particularly troubling about the return of COVID in Italy is that the country has done everything experts like Dr. Anthony Fauci have been advising. Masks in public places have been compulsory for months. Social distancing is strongly enforced. Nightclubs have never reopened and sporting arenas are less than a third capacity. Children who are back in school are regularly tested and strictly social distanced, and yet the second wave seems completely unstoppable. Folks, that is actually, that's the best summation of what's going on by a liberal outlet 
because that's the truth. You can't stop it. You can only kill people from your what you're doing and destroy society, economy, mental health, civilization. But what you cannot do is stop it. But the irony still seems to be lo- lost on them. They never really explain it. And then they start to say, well, to some degree, the increase in cases is tied to Italy's aggressive testing. Remember how we used to say, like, you know, yeah, cases are increasing because you're testing more. So now, they, now they're saying what we said because what happens is this totally blows up their lockdown mess. They're like, well, you know, it's, uh, it's not, you know, it's not really increasing that much. But authorities are very concerned still that despite all the best efforts to contain the spread, it simply cannot be stopped. The government's experts insist that the rate of contagion among school children is not the driving factor. Oh, gee. But young people who feel confident they won't get very sick and insist on gathering socially, maybe. But you just said they're strongly enforcing that. It is such a joke. It is such a joke. But check it out. Daily Beast. Italy did everything right to stop the second wave of coronavirus. So what went wrong? (laughs) Oh, boy. You got to love these guys. Man, are they funny. They are hilarious. You cannot stop a respiratory virus. But again, the good news is it's not killing nearly as many people as before. So if this, in some ways, and I'm just telling you, this might turn out, this might be a blessing from God on net. I don't mean the entire existence of coronavirus, but I mean the current iteration of it. Because it's strong enough in circulation to box out the flu and so many of the pneumonias that people get and die from, from that. But on the other hand, it's not March's iteration of it. My buddy Gummy Bear, okay, you could follow him at GummyBear737 on um, Twitter. I'm not going to reveal to you his name or his background, but I happen to know who he is, and we correspond at times. But he has a very brilliant – he's a brilliant um, science mind, math mind. He's been putting out unique work on Twitter since the start of this. And he goes through the case-demic – And he explains the difference. And it's just remarkable. Like you look at France, their CFR, meaning this is not the infection rate, but this is the CFR, the case fatality rate. Meaning these are the cases we identify. What percentage of them died? Okay. In the early part, First wave, it was 16.1% in France. It was the, I was the highest. Now, again, to be clear, we were testing much less, and that certainly is part of it. Now the CFR in France is down to 0.49. The point, that's a half a percentage. Die 
out of the known cases. And we know that even with the obsessive mass testing, you are roping in many more very mild and asymptomatic than you did before. But still, there's no way we're roping in every asymptomatic given how contagious it is and how many people are totally asymptomatic that are unsuspecting. So if the CFR is 0.49, the IFR is likely flu levels. Maybe even less at this point or, or like a weak flu. It's truly unbelievable. And, and he goes through all the countries are like that. Denmark's down to 0.32 CFR. The highest on here are Spain and Italy, point, like 0.7 CFR. But that's still, you know, 10 to 15 times less than it was before. Czech Republic, we talked about it yesterday. They had the war- biggest mass mandate. They're like, that's why we succeeded. Well, whoops, until you didn't. One in 50 Czechs, that's 2% of their entire population, have been diagnosed with the virus since September 1st. Okay? That would be the equivalent, folks, of, I don't know, 6.5 million people in America being diagnosed just since September 1st. I don't know how much it's been, maybe one or two million, but it'd be like six and a half million. But by comparison, so one in 50 got it, just one in 7,800 checks have died during that same period. Just one in 25.6 thousand Brits have died. So the British death rate since September 1st is actually three times less. Now, I think there's a reason for that. Remember how we talk about it's it's the virus is remarkably consistent and mechanical. Everyone gets their first wave and the first wave is deadlier. Whether it's something biologically about the virus or whether it's because it first gets the lowest rungs, the most vulnerable people, which are the hardest to save. And then if it comes back again, it's less vulnerable. So even if they're somewhat vulnerable and they get hospitalized, we have a better ability to deal with it. In general, the treatments have gotten better too. It's a mixture of all those factors. Remember, I noticed this early on when I said, you know, Texas and Florida were getting the cases. But I said, like, it's not what the Northeast was seeing in March. It's a lot of cases. It's, it's, it's not nearly as many deaths except one area of Texas got it like New York got it. They got it really bad, the worst in the country, the border counties. And I noted at the time I proved incontrovertibly it was coming from Mexico because Mexico was getting their first wave. They didn't get it till May when we got it in March. So they got what New York and the Northeast got in March. They got in May. And Texas wasn't slated naturally to get that, but got it because of our border policies. And you're finding that everywhere. You're finding that in Israel too. Israel got a much more deadly thing than what France and the UK are seeing now. Why? Because France and the UK got it bad already. Israel barely got anything. So all these Eastern European countries, basically, it's spreading everywhere now. But the difference is the places that had zero herd immunity because they barely got it. And that's not a bad thing. You barely got it. Now you're getting it. If you did get it, you're not you're 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 getting a spread, but you're not getting bad cases. In other words, everyone's going to wind up with basically the same deaths 
adjusted for certain factors of inherent immunity, health of the population, age of the population, BMI of the population. You know, again, obviously, Japanese people, no matter what, even without Pacific Rim coronavirus immunity, they're always going to be much healthier than where, you know, a lot of our states with obesity and diabetes and, you know, and things like that. And, um, you know, Italy clearly health-wise is is a much less healthy country than the Scandinavian countries and and so on. So that's the thing. A lot of it is really more people had it all along in the first wave and we just never knew. The CFR was never going to be 14%. That was ridiculous. It was just the only cases we knew is if someone had serious symptoms. Otherwise, you know, it's a flu, it's a cold, it's a nothing. You don't know. Now we know many, but not all of those cases. So most of it's a function of just mathematics. Some of it's a function of it cleaned out the most vulnerable people first. Third, we have better treatments. We have just better, you know, more calm, less panicked hospitals. And and that's the story. We have two peer-reviewed studies that now show that death rates have plummeted even among people with conditions. Now, I would argue not all people with underlying conditions are equal. Some for just unknown factors are just, it's, it's their time to die. So the first wave, the, the virus seems to get out the people that are slated to die first. It just it knows how to vet out that, that vulnerability, whereas others on paper might seem to be as vulnerable, but they're, they're, they're not, and they're, they'll get it bad, but they're more treatable. It's remarkable. Whatever we do, we have the same results. We have the same results. Now, we have a lot of other news going on. We have this horrendous case of this illegal alien that had a massive rap sheet and was allowed to remain in the country for 30 years illegally, committing all sorts of crimes. And he wasn't removed, killed a Houston cop. And again, this happens all the time. This is just thanks to the good work of Breitbart and others digging it up. We have this stupid $1.8 trillion stimulus that the Trump White House is pushing. And Rubio is like, we can risk structural damage to the economy without it. Well, dude, we can risk structural damage to needlessly having panic porn and lockdowns and all this stuff when it only makes things worse. Get rid of the thing and the economy will come back. We don't need to throw more money at people, but whatever. Who knows what's going to happen? Trump badly wants it. He thinks that's the key to the election. I think the key to him winning is telling the truth. But telling it in a statesmanlike way, not don't make it personal, and just just lay it down. That's what I want to hear from Trump tonight in the debate. Lay out the facts. Number one, the threat is exaggerated. Number two, what is unfortunately tragic has been proven to be unstoppable. Number three, this stuff doesn't work. And number four, it works tremendously to killing people that don't need to die and weren't slated to die. Absolutely avoidable deaths. You know, it's interesting. South Dakota is the only state that I see. You know, every state um, 
you know, Department of Health is putting out these tweets like, wear your mask or oh, this spreading now because people aren't being careful. Like even Republican states, it's just as bad as Cuomo and Newsom. And we're going to have to talk about this on the other side of this election. Yes, we want Trump to win, but we have to have a discussion about personnel and policy. We need a change. Because we can't have the second term like the first term, and we can't have these rhino governors continuing what they're doing. But South Dakota is the only state that's putting out useful information, like know your risk level, it ranges, give people information. So there is a terrific article written by Governor Kristi Noem um, at the Rapid City Journal. And it's just the tone is different pretty much from every every other Republican governor, maybe except for Ron DeSantis. I'll just read some of it to you. Today we know that hand-washing kills the virus. And though anyone can get it, we also know that it's the elderly and those with certain pre-existing conditions that have the greatest risk of, risk of mortality. And she goes through some of the statistics. And she basically just says, we know who it kills and no one under the age of 23 has died of the virus in South Dakota. While we have been working together to combat this virus, many other states have taken a different approach. Some governors ordered their citizens to shelter in place. Others ordered businesses and churches to close. Some even sent nursing home patients who had the virus back into their facilities. Many said that these steps had to be taken. They insisted that the approach we've taken, trusting the people to make the best decisions for themselves and their families was wrong. The data say otherwise. New Jersey and New York have the two worst death rates, 183 and 171 per 100,000 respectively. Though every death is one too many, South Dakota's death rate is 37 per 100,000, remains among the lowest. As we expected, cases have gone up in South Dakota. Science told us that was going to happen. There is no way to stop the virus. But what's encouraging is that we're doing a much better job of identifying cases, getting those individuals isolated, and treating those who need an elevated level of care. So she talks about you know the cases jumping in October, more than doubling since September, more than tripling since August. Identifying cases is a good thing. It lets our medical professionals treat patients. They know what works and what doesn't. Early, earlier treatment means that people aren't getting as sick, and for those who require hospitalization, they aren't staying in the hospital as long. Though we all look forward to a time when COVID is behind us, a one-size-fits-all approach remains elusive. This includes mandatory masking. In many other places from LA and Miami to London and Paris, cases have exploded despite the existence of mask mandates and other harsh restrictions. There are times when masks are appropriate. For example, masks are a smart precaution when caring for a symptomatic person who is coughing or sneezing. Masks are also recommended in hospital settings. Data suggests that N95 masks can be affected when worn appropriately, changed regularly, fitted properly, and not touched. But if you're alone in a park or hunting in a field, risk of transmission is negligible even without a mask. Oxford's Dr. Carl Hennigan, also the editor-in-chief of British Medical Journal's Evidence-Based Medicine, says it would appear that despite two decades of pandemic preparedness, there is considerably uncertainty as to the value of wearing masks. Though they flip-flopped on the issue, even the WHO wrote this summer, the widespread use of masks by healthy people in the community setting is not yet supported by high-quality or direct scientific evidence, and there are potential benefits and harms to consider. There are many others who question the effectiveness of masks, and South Dakotans 
should take the time to read the information so they can make informed decisions for themselves and their families. As I said before, if folks want to wear a mask, they should be free to do so. Similarly, those who don't want to wear a mask shouldn't be shamed into wearing one. And government should not mandate it. We need to respect each other's decisions. In South Dakota, we know a little common courtesy can go a long way. Recently, a South Dakota doctor wrote me thanking me for treating your fellow citizens of South Dakota like adults. One family doctor sent me this message. I feel like I am unable to have an opinion about masking because I'm employed. I think your approach has good science and is being suppressed or ignored by many. I think we are all worried if we disagree openly, our license or job could be at risk. And I want you guys to remember, this is why whether it's polls, whether it's science acting, oh, look, everyone's saying this. Really? Does everyone really believe that? If you actually poke their crap, it's a mile wide and an inch deep. Most people I know, they're like, they're not as emphatic as me, but they're like, yeah, I wish we wouldn't be doing this. I don't know, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm scared. Everyone's scared. It was beautifully written. Some in our culture have gotten into a habit of shutting down viewpoints they don't agree with, sometimes ruining lives and careers. This is a serious mistake, deadly to the public dialogue, and more importantly, public, public trust, especially when situations like the one we're in are changing almost daily. Why in the world don't we have a united administration and Republican Party around this message? We have a Democrat Party. Why do we have two? Why can't every Republican governor be like Christy Noman, Ron DeSantis? How come I have two out of what, 27? Every one of them, they're not even like halfway like Noam. And halfway like the other side. They are just as bad as Cuomo and Newsom. You should see the stuff that comes out of their mouths. And not just like the Republicans like in Maryland and Massachusetts. But I mean in solid red states. They're terrible. Mississippi, Alabama. It's got to change. But that is the lesson of today. Don't believe your eyes. Because everything you see is an optical illusion. Everything you are seeing, if they say it's science, it's more political than politics. So like I said, a lot more I left on the table today. Time flies when you're having fun. Again, remember to support our sponsors, Bull and Branch Betting. Check them out at bullandbranch.com. Promo code CONSERVATIVE. Also, get your $30 annual special, full year subscription, blaze TV forward slash CR, promo code Daniel. Till tomorrow, thank you so much for listening, and God bless y'all.